Alright, take your Bibles and turn to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Just going to kind of read down this uh, passage here in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5 beginning in verse 14. The Bible says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which should live, should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them, and rose again. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, yet committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. That's a sobering thought, isn't it? As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For He hath made Him, Christ, to be sin for us. Amen who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. As we talk about missions, we talk about proclaiming the gospel here and around the world. We may ask the question, why? Why? And the motive, the driving force the power that propels us should be the love of Christ that constrains us. When we've experienced the love of Christ, the reason why we do missions, the reason why we evangelize is not to build up our name, it's not to bring glory to ourselves, but it is because of the love of Christ. It's because of the hope of Christ. It's why we do and should be why we do what we do. It was the love of God that constrained Christ to the cross. It was the love of God that, you know, because He loved, He gave. And this is the reason for our giving. And again, missions this morning in the sense of we're giving of our money uh, to foreign missions, but there's a lot more to give in, in our mission. There's a lot of time and desire and, 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 and of ourselves to evangelize. Uh, but all of that giving should be done uh, because of the love of God that we have experienced. And it constrains us, it draws us. 
That's why we do evangelism. Jesus Christ, He made the way on the cross. He gave of Himself for us. This is the good news. This is the good news. This is the gospel that Jesus Christ died for all. This is missions. It's proclaiming the good news. It's it's publishing the good news. It's putting out the good news of Jesus Christ. That's evangelism. It's telling the lost of Jesus Christ. And this is our commission. This is a basic message, but this is a... a uh, this, is a, this is one of our purposes. We have three at Wellspring. Glorify God, proclaim the good news, and edify each other in the body of Christ. So this is a big part of what we do. And that foreign missions is a part of it. It's not the only part of evangelism. It's not the only part of missions, but it is a part of it. In Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, Jesus tells his disciples, Go ye in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Everyone, everyone needs to hear it. In Matthew 28, 18 and 19, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Why we go, why we open our mouths for Jesus Christ is because of the love of God that constrains us. This is what charity is. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's that love in action. It talks about that it envies not, that it's not puffed up, that it's kind, all those things in 1 Corinthians 13. This is the love of God that changes us. As it constrains us that we no longer live for ourselves. And, and honestly... We should thank God for that because when we live for ourselves, it's, it's empty. It's empty. And we, at some point in living for ourselves, we will, we will come up short and, and, and actually just depressed about life. Look at that verse in, in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 15. He says... And He died for all, that they which live, for those that have been saved, have experienced eternal life, henceforth live not unto themselves, but unto Him. So now our lives have just gotten so much more purpose, because no longer is our life about living for ourselves and our own, our own pleasure and our own purpose, but now our life is lived for Him. The one that gave his life for us. Look at verse, just you're there in 2 Corinthians. Go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and just read with me in verse 16. He says, For which cause we faint not, but through our, through our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. I was with Steve last night and his outward man is perishing. But but Chad was standing there uh, over top of him, and and uh, he said, "Steve, I'm jealous of you. You're going to see Christ before me." That's what he said to him. Steve had a big smile on his face when he said that. 
he says in verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, you know, this life is really but for a moment if we, if we try to compare it with eternity. And then, then we kind of wonder, what am I doing? Do I spend all my time on, on, on myself? Do I spend all my time on things that won't matter? When yet Christ has called us as ambassadors. He says, our light affliction is but for a moment. Worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. In order to have a heart for missions, you truthfully have to have a, 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 an eternal perspective. You really do. It, it, to have a, a heart for those that are lost and in need of Christ, you have to have an eternal perspective, a heavenly perspective. He says, for the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. And if we were to judge what is, what is the weightier matter, the temporal or the eternal, we would say the eternal sitting here at church on Sunday morning. But then how do we live that out throughout our week being heavenly minded? We all are going to be, have our daily lives that we have to do. We have to do those in work and family and home and chores and all these sort of things. But how do we do that with a heart that that, that is set on, if God opens the door, I'll open my mouth. If God brings someone to me, and God will. Uh, I'll, pray for, I'll pray for the lost. I'll pray for those around. And having that heart and that mind toward those things. He says in verse 17 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. He's a new creation. The old things pass away. Things aren't the same. Things aren't... As they, things aren't, you know, things aren't how they used to be. Last night, we're, uh, the, the reason why I was with Chad is he and I went and prayed with uh, uh, Dwayne. Some of you guys know him and Darcy. And Dwayne's on his way for a month-long missions trip to the Congo. He leaves tomorrow. And uh, we got to thinking and just, just, it was, we were together around the fire last night out, uh, out, out behind uh, Dwayne's house and we got to thinking about what Dwayne used to be before he found Christ and how God just changed his life completely. And then we got to thinking about how last time when, when Dwayne was in the Congo uh, preaching the gospel, it's dangerous. He's away from his family for a long time. How it was then that Chad... <coughs> came and was staying with his sister, Dwayne's wife, Darcy, and he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, and how Chad's life has changed completely. When you just start looking at these couple instances, and we can look at our own lives and say, hey, there's a new man that, that comes inside after salvation. It's a new woman that comes inside because of the new birth, and we are changed, and we begin to desire things that we never would have desired. We begin to have uh, passions for things that we never would have had passions for, love for things that we would have never had love for before because of the new man inside created in Christ Jesus. This is salvation. This is what we as, as ambassadors can offer to the world. We can offer to our neighbors the good news of Jesus Christ that has changing, creating power. It's a wonderful thing. 
This is our ministry. We get to serve others. We, as ministers, servants, we get to serve the world with the gospel. He says that in verse 18 that he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. We have the ministry to be able to reconcile folks back to God. It's because of sin, it's because of the fall that you know that the fellowship was broken, the unity was broken, right? Between man and God. That's why Christ came so that Folks could be made righteous. Folks could be made right with God. The reconciliation could come. Reconciliation pleases God. Whether it's the lost being reconciled to God or Christians being reconciled to each other in fellowship, this pleases God. And it's, it's worth doing. This isn't always easy to do, though. I mean, just by the definition alone, to reconcile someone means that there's obviously a break. There's obviously two different perspectives. There's two different things. And bringing these folks together is not always easy. They have, a, they have a different way of thinking. They have a different thought process. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit. But this is what salvation is for a Christian, is being reconciled to God. And it basically, in salvation, is us agreeing with God. Surrendering to the gospel, agreeing I'm a sinner, and agreeing that Jesus Christ is the way to salvation. That's, our, that's what he does, this reconciliation that we have this ministry to do. It's bringing the two into agreement. You remember the moment that you agreed with God for your salvation. You agreed with Him. He said, I do, and you said, I do. I accept. Reconciliation was made. Isn't it good to know that you're right with God? You know, people talk about that, making peace with God. You know what that is? That's, that's the reconciliation made possible by Jesus Christ. That's good news. That's good news for all of us. That's good news for everyone around us, and that's good news for the whole world. All these things begin to... A work on us and, and wait on us with our, our mission, our ministry, as we accept it, as we believe it. He says in verse 19, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, that is grace and mercy, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. I want to point out one word in that verse. And that word is the world. He, when we talk about foreign missions, our, our focus has to not only be on ourselves, on our little area. It needs to be that too. But it has to be a worldwide... You know, there's been times in the... like. For instance, if I, if we, when I was in India, I, I would think, you know, why am I here? At times there's spiritual thoughts, you know, warfare that comes into your head, and you're like, why am I here? I, on the other side of the world, there's so many folks that need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ in, in Springboro, where I'm at, right? But I think that if we have a heart that Christ has, 
that, that our, our, our eyes will be on the whole world saying the whole world needs to hear the gospel. The Holy Spirit is, a, is, is interested in the gospel around the world. The heart of God is in bringing people to Christ. If we are going to be a Spirit-filled, Spirit-led church, the Spirit will push us out into witnessing, into leading others to Jesus Christ. It'd be a mission-minded church. The Bible says, for God so what? Loved the world. That's His heart. It's not just us. And it's just, it's just a good practice for us to not be focused on just ourselves and just our need, but to sow into other people's needs, into other people's uh, 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 areas. Just, just, just because the love of God constrains us, that's all. For no other reason than that. When you take the book of Acts, I love the book of Acts, it's, it's missions by the Holy Spirit. Preaching the word. Spreading the gospel. Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, this is a common verse I've mentioned here multiple times, but in verse 47 it says, praising God and having favor with all the people, the context is the the start of the church, the beginning church, and then it says, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. There's a couple points there. The first one is it's the Lord that adds. You and I, we couldn't build a church. A church is a the church is, is living. It's not an organization. It's not uh, you know. It's not done by a, a fancy marketing. It uh, shouldn't be. It's 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 God adding people that should be saved. It's bringing people together, and it's His body, right? And so it's the Lord that builds the church. It's the Lord that saves. You and I, we couldn't save anyone, could we? <laughs> could you imagine if it was our responsibility? That's such a supernatural, such a such an amazing thing for someone to be a new creature in Christ. We couldn't do that. That's done by the power of God. He's the one that does it. But He uses us as ambassadors to open our mouths to proclaim the good news so that we can be co-laborers with Him. And He expects us to do it. The Lord saves. We can't do missions. We can't do evangelism by uh, just mechanics, by just processes and procedures. It's got to be Spirit-led. Powered by the, by the, by the Lord. There was a, a British preacher who said, no self-centered self-contained, self-absorbed church of its own affairs can claim to be spirit-filled. In other words, if we have just focused on ourselves and only on ourselves, then the, the mission, the mission is outside. The mission is the world. And that starts on our street, that starts in our communities, that starts in our work. But we serve such a powerful and a great God that that can go all over the world. He is able. If we have the vision, 
If we, if we believe that He can, that God can work, He can. Listen, when uh, Dwayne is in the Congo, he'll be dedicating Wellspring Church in the Congo that uh, seats over 400 in the pictures that we have. The, the place is packed out and people outside the doors. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. You say, how did that happen? I don't even know. I mean, it's just the Lord did it. He opened doors and, and, and allowed these things to happen. That was built last year. Praise the Lord. You say, those things, those things can happen by just us being willing vessels to allow the Lord to do it and trust Him to do it. As we talk about these missions... I said that, that foreign missions and our giving to missions that we're doing today, that's just one aspect of it. We want to be involved in missions in every, every way possible. And we don't have the, you know, whatever God, however God leads you to, to, to evangelize. You know, it may be a, a Bible study. It may be, uh, you know, Chad's not here, so I'm talking about him a lot. I do that when you're not here, by the way. <laughs> but, you know, when we left there, Steve's house uh, last night, I, the joy of, of the last six months of going into their home and discipling them with the Word of God. You know, and now you see the joy on their face to, to know that he has the hope of eternal life. I mean, Amen. that's one person. And that, I mean, stop and think about the impact of eternal life for one person. It's worth a, it's worth a lifelong mission. We don't just take the one person lightly. We have a world vision, but we have a one person vision too. We don't lose sight of that. It's powerful. It, it, there's eternal rewards for it. And so we're, we're doing the foreign missions. We're giving this morning. But when we give, we do it just because of love. We do it cheerfully. We do it happily. We do it as an honor. We don't do it because we have to. We don't. We don't. Look at verse 20 of, of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, Now then, right now, you know what we always say? Someday, I will. But you know what? Now's the time. He says, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. You know when we're ambassadors for Christ? Right now, in this time, in this place, at this date, in this country, in this political arena, with the society as it is. You know, people always say, oh, all this stuff is going on. God put us here now for this place at this time. Yes. And there's no mistake. We're here now as ambassadors. Yeah. We, didn't, we didn't create the environment. We're just here as ambassadors in it. Sure. And God put us here at this time. He put Paul in the place where he had him at the time that he had him. He put us at this time. And we're ambassadors here. What is an ambassador? It's someone that stands instead for someone, right? Speaks for someone. Represents someone. This is again back to what I was talking about being eternally minded. Is hey, when we're when we are at work, when we are at home, when we are in the community doing what we're doing, we represent heaven. We represent God. 
that we are just, this is not our home. We are, I mean, that's, if we, if we just sit, allow that to settle down for a second, I think that that is a responsibility that would be laid on our laid on us to say, wow, I'm an ambassador. I represent Christ here on earth. I am the light of the world now because Christ gave the light of the Holy Spirit to me and said, ye are the light of the world. And we begin to think differently about our daily lives, hopefully. As ministers. Have you thought of yourself lately as a minister of Jesus Christ? What a title. He has given us those who have believed, those who have received Him, He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. We're in a foreign land. You know? Some, sometimes we complain about uh, the, the environment. But you know what? We're in a foreign land. This is not our home. Our home is in heaven eternally with Christ. That's where we belong. Sometimes we get homesick for there. But just remember, we're just ambassadors here. He says in verse 21 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, For He hath made Him, Christ, to be sin for us. Jesus Christ took our sin upon Himself at Calvary. Wow! He took our place. Who knew no sin. He was sinless. He lived a sinless life that we, believers, might be made the righteousness of God in Him. You and I have received Christ's righteousness. Have we not? His salvation, it was imputed to us. It was given to us as salvation. Christ took our sins. You know, that, that message, that story needs to be told. The salvation message, the good news, that hey, there is forgiveness of sin. There is a hope of eternity. <coughs> And when, when do we do that? When do we tell this, this good news that people can be made right with God? They can be reconciled. That's what we do. When people say that we lead someone to Christ, what we're saying is we, 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 we help them reconcile with God through the gospel, through salvation, through the good news. If you continue on to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and verse 1 and 2, he says, we then as workers together with Him. What a pleasure, isn't it? To work with Christ. To be co-laborers with Christ. But I beseech you that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For He saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. In the day of salvation I have succored thee. Behold, now is the accepting time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Today's the day of salvation. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Savior, you, you've been around church, you've heard these things, but there's never been the time that you prayed and asked Christ to save you. There's never been that time that you say, I know that I was made reconciled, made right with God. I have to say that today, Today is the day of salvation. The message here this morning is no different than the message that we would say to our neighbor or to the person in, in the Congo. That today is the day of salvation. Don't wait. Why would we wait to be reconciled to God? His grace and His mercy is there to forgive us. In closing, we are ambassadors. 
We're ambassadors for Christ. We're ministers of reconciliation now, today, now, in this lifetime, not later, not when things slow down in our life, not when all the things that we say, but now, tomorrow, today. We're the ones. I, you know, they, we always think that somebody's going somebody's to do missions, somebody's going to evangelize. They're not. It's us. It's the church. It's the believers. It's those that have received and those that have the, the love that constrains them to go and to open their mouth. It's us. It's us. And it's this time. Why missions? Why evangelism? It's the hope of the world. It's the only hope. It's the only hope of eternal life. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's our calling. It's our purpose. It's our ministry. And we do it because of the love of Christ. Amen? So, this week, now, the world outside, it's our mission. It's our neighbors. It's our family. It's our friends. And it's the world. I pray that the Lord would stir our hearts. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying, I I hope you guys understand, I'm not trying to do a marketing thing here. I'm not trying to drum up. I don't want people to give what God doesn't put on their heart to give. I'm not trying to drum anything up. I'm just praying that the Holy Spirit of God would work in our hearts to give us a sincere, sincere, one, love, and two, burden. For those that don't know Christ. That's all. A sincere, real love that just works inside us. Before we pray, I just have every head bowed, our eyes closed. And I'd say that if there's someone in here this morning that they've never received Christ. They've heard salvation. They've been in church. They, they know about this. You do. But there's never been that time where you can say, this is when I was saved. This is when I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. I pray that you'd pray this prayer with me. God, I know I'm a sinner. God, I want to be reconciled to you. And I'm accepting the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. His death is burial on the cross. His resurrection for me. God, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and to come into my heart. Save my soul. Lord, I'm making you my God. I'm turning to you from all others. I trust you completely. With heads bowed and eyes still closed, I just would ask if you prayed that prayer, would you slip up your hand? I won't call you out. I'm not going to come to you. I just want to be able to pray for you. You Raise your hand and say, I prayed that prayer to ask the Lord to come into my heart. Amen. I see that hand. Praise God. Lord, I pray that you would stir our hearts, God, for this world. I pray that it would start with with us and it would start with our neighbors. It would start with our family and friends. And God, that we wouldn't try to force anything or make something happen. But Lord, we'd be sensitive to your spirit. And Lord, that your spirit really would just start to work inside of us and give us a love for this world. A love for the world like you had a love for the world that they would come to know you. And Lord, that we would open our mouths and proclaim the gospel. I do pray for our our missions. Lord, I pray that the missions that we support, uh, Lord, the the Project India, and in New Guinea, and in Mexico, and in the Ukraine, and and in Africa, 
uh, Lord, Lord, that, that, there, that the money that we put toward it, God, would result uh, something temporal into something eternal, that, that people would uh, be saved and born again and lives changed, transformed, new creatures in Christ as a result of it. God, we love you and we thank you for your salvation for us. And uh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.